You are listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at journeycc.net. Today's message is brought to you by Scott McFarland. We hope you enjoy. We're going to look at a story about Israel that has nothing to do with Israel. Very little. It has to do with people that were outside of Israel, but God includes it in their story because it's true. And because he's teaching us something from the story. And so today's going to be a little bit different. Instead of just going through the story and teaching you the story, I want you to take a, back up a step and take a bigger look at how God's stories work. I think it's appropriate on Father's Day to talk about how God does stories in our life. And we've got s'mores for you before you leave today to take home. And I'm going to give you the assignment of having a s'mores story night and talking about stories that God has put into your life, just like Greg and their family has in theirs. It's in Numbers chapter 22. I'm going to walk through this story, but in particular, I want you to see what God's doing for Israel in spite of the fact Israel doesn't know it. Here's how this story begins. Israel's been on a camping trip, if you will, for 38, 39 years. They're getting close to the time they're going to face the promised land. They're going to finally get to go back to where they messed up and go through over the Jordan and into the promised land and take the land because God had promised it to them. Moses has brought them there, and there's one last obstacle ahead. Moab. Moab is this nation that evolved out of Lot's family. If you remember in Genesis that Abraham had a nephew named Lot, Lot had a son named Moab, they settled in this area that's east of the Dead Sea. If you can imagine Israel, Galilee, Jordan River, Dead Sea, they settled in that region. They developed their own god named Chemosh, the god of that land, according to them, and they became enemies of Israel. A lot happened over a period of centuries, but they became so afraid of Israel and against Israel that every time Israel showed up in their presence, they were instantly on the defense, ready to attack, ready to take out Israel. And God knows this about Moab. You see, he knows the future. We don't. And he realizes how Moab is such an enemy that he's going to have to do something about it. So this week and next week, we're going to talk about what God does to remove the threat of Moab. This week, Moab and the king by the name of Balak is on the defense, and they're calling in an Old Testament uh, seer or prophet way over in the Babylon area, way over in the Iraq-Iran area that we know today, brings them here because he wants to cast a curse on them. In fact, that's what I'll read to you in Numbers 22, you know, He calls this guy named Balak, sends messengers, verse 3, to summon Balaam, son of Beor, who was at Pethor, near the Euphrates River in the the native land. Balak, the king, says, a people has come out of Egypt. They cover the face of the land, and they've settled next to me. Now, come and put a curse on these people, because they're too powerful for me. Perhaps then I will be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know that whoever you bless is blessed and whoever you curse is cursed. Here's the thing about God and stories. Just so you think about this, think about it from a bigger perspective. Great stories always connect to God's story. Great stories in your life and in mine always connect to what God is doing. In this case, 
Here's this guy that nobody would have known about, nobody had heard of, nobody's gonna talk about after the book of Numbers, but God draws him into the story and uses his story to show God's greater story in our lives. God's great at doing this. You know what? And here's the thing. (laughs) He uses all of us for that. You don't even have to be a believer for God to use you in his story. Just ask Pharaoh. You, You don't have to be a perfect person in order for God to take advantage of you and use you in his plan. Just ask Rahab. You you don't even have to be a good Christian for God to use you. Just ask David, the adulterer, or Paul, the murderer, or Peter, the denier. You can, your story and my story are not great because of us. They're great because of, help me, him. And Balak, an evil king, and Balaam, a prophet against God, is used in God's story. How cool is it that God uses us to make his story known? So here he is, he's called, and the, he, uh, Balak sends, I'm just telling you the story, he t- sends all these messengers over to see if Balaam will come. He's going to pay him a big amount of money. He's calling him from this land. He is the most impressive, no, well-known prophet and giver of curses in the territory. Now you're like, well, curses, what is that? Why would a curse matter? Like they're just words, right? Just words. What is it your mom probably said to you? Sticks and stones can break your bones, but what? Can never hurt you. That is a lie. And we don't even believe it. Because the last time you criticized a person, that is a form of a curse. The last time you said something negative at somebody in order to bring them down or cuss them out or complained on I-580 or you are, in a sense, giving words of cursing against a person. Did you know that? And the reason you're doing that is because you think that has power. And Balak knows it does. Here's why. Because if Balaam comes and sets a curse against Israel and it is known... It will build up the courage of Balak and his troops in Moab, and it will bring down the courage of Israel and their troops. And you kind of know that about it, because the reason people cuss one person out or another is because they're trying to bring them down to build themselves up. Balaam is being summoned so that Moab can have power over Israel. And God's going to use it for his great story. This is what happens next. So Balaam, all these people show up to pay Balaam to come do this curse against Israel. And he's a prophet with knowledge about lots of gods, lots of peoples. So he says, well, stay the night and I'll see what this Lord says. And then in verse 9, God came to Balaam and asked, who are these men with you? Like God didn't know. (laughs) Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent me this message. A people that has come out of Egypt covers the face of the land. Now come and put a curse on them for me. Perhaps then I will be able to fight them and drive them away. Verse 12, but God said to Balaam, do not go with them. You must not put a curse on those people because they are blessed. 
And the next morning, Balaam gets up and says, hey, I, I can't go with you. The God said, no, it's not possible. I'm not allowed to go. So you're going to have to send your, go on back. I'm not taking your money. Go on back to Balak. Tell him I said no. People come back to Balak. Read the story later today. That's your homework in the heat, okay? He said, no, we can't. He's not going to do it. Okay, well, then I'm sending better people. I'm sending more money. I'm sending a better offer. You guys go. You're the leaders of the land. You go and ask Balaam to come again. They show up to Balaam. Balaam, we'd like for you to come and set a curse on these people. But Balaam answered them, verse 18. Even if Balak gave me all the silver and gold in this palace, I could not do anything great or small or go beyond the command of that Lord, my God. Verse 19, but, listen, spend the night here so that I can see what else the Lord has to say. See, here's the thing about stories. Your story, my story, is connected to God's story. He's using us. He has a purpose for us. Every person in this room, every person living, listening online, you have a part in God's story. But that story turns sour when we try to make it about our plans instead of God's. Every time you turn the story into favoring you instead of God, you're in trouble. And that's exactly what Balaam is doing. Let me see what else God says. I can make money off of this. Let me talk to that God one more time. I want to hear his voice. I want it to be about me. And every person in this room, every person listening, myself included, has that moment where the story turns sour in your life because you tried to profit from God's story. Whether it was a wrong relationship, a sinful behavior, a greed, a personal desire, or just thinking you wanted to go along with the crowd. Notice the change here. How many times does God need to say no to you before it's a no? How, how many times do you have to hear that God's against something before you actually accept it? What else does God have to say for us as a people or as a nation or as a world before we realize that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life and no one gets to the Father except through him? The story goes on. Let me spend the night, spend the night. Let me see what else God says in verse 20. That night God came to Balaam, and, and I circled this in my Bible. So, well, since these men came to summon you, go ahead and go with them, but don't do anything without my permission. Only do what I tell you to do. Since these men came, well, now, Balaam, they sent the right group. You have my permission. but God is setting him up to change the story. Which gets us to the fun part of the story. So Balaam gets on his donkey and he starts to ride towards Balak and towards Moab. 
and something happens along the way. This is what's so great about God because every time we sour our story, God tends to show up in the story. This is what's so cool about our life and about the Bible and about all the things that we study from Scripture. God always shows up to reroute our story back to His. So here's this donkey going along. Just I'm, I'm a little donkey. You know, the King James Version had a different word for that. I didn't think I was allowed to say it in church. You can, you can probably figure out what it was. And here's this donkey going along, and all of a sudden, the donkey, not Balaam, not, ba- not the man, not him, the donkey sees an angel standing before him. Oh, there's an angel. He's got a sword. I'm going to stay away from that angel. Balaam gets so upset, he starts beating his donkey. Gets him back on the path. Go along. Here comes to a narrow pass where it's going to be hard to get through. And here's that angel again. So the donkey pushes up against the wall of the narrow pass and scrapes the legs of Balaam. And he's so upset, he's beating his donkey again. You ever done that, by the way? Blame somebody else for your own mistakes. You ever made it like everybody else is at fault when I'm doing the wrong thing? And then finally, they get to an an impasse, a place where the angel stands. He's got his sword drawn. He's going to punish Balaam. And the donkey says, I can't go anywhere. I can't move. So he just kneels on the ground to protect his rider. Balaam gets so upset, he beats his donkey. And finally, I love this. This is why you read the Bible. (laughs) Finally, the Lord opened I love this. The Lord opened the donkey's mouth and it said to Balaam, what have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? I don't know about you. When was the last time a donkey talked to you? Just curious. Now, you you might say, well, my dog talks to me or my cat talks to me. I beg to differ. When was the last time they asked you a question? For whatever reason, God opened the mouth of this donkey to speak to Balaam. Which one is the donkey now? And the story doesn't say it, doesn't even show it. It doesn't even look like Balaam is noticing this incredible feat. He just starts talking to the donkey. You've made a fool of me, you stupid animal. And they have this conversation. And the donkey even says, am I your own donkey? Have I ever done this before? Have I ever treated you this way? No. No, I love this. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam. Don't miss that. The Lord opened the eyes of Balaam. And he saw the angel. These stories turn memorable when God shows up in our story. Selfishness and sin blind us from God. You will not see him when you're focusing on the sin. But when you open your eyes to what he's doing, you might just see him everywhere. I was reading a story from Scott McKnight. Scott McKnight is a pastor and an author. He was talking about seeing angels from this passage. 
And he said, I learned this in a different way. He said, when, when we bought our first house, we knew there was a lot of birds in the area and my wife and I wanted to see birds in our backyard. So we bought this hummingbird feeder and put it in the backyard. And as we put it in there, I put water in, I put the, put the feed in it. And I kept watching for hummingbirds and they weren't showing up. There's no hummingbirds eating out of my feeder. There's, I don't see them. He goes back to the store owner, the pet store owner, says, I never see any, any hummingbirds. And the guy says, well, you're not looking properly. You haven't opened your eyes to, to look for them in the correct way. See, they're fast and they're quick and they show up and grab their food and leave. You, you need to quit looking at your bird feeder and watch for them in the backyard area flying around. When you see them flying around, you'll then notice them feeding off of your feeder. And lo and behold, when he opened his eyes to look for the birds differently, he saw them everywhere. Can I tell you just personally, I don't know if I can share this without emotion, but this past five months, watching my dad fade, when I focused on his health issues, that's all I saw. But when I backed up a step and looked at what God was doing around it, I saw the Lord at work. And maybe that's a word for somebody here today. You need your eyes opened because God shows up in unexpected ways to reveal himself to you when your story is happening. Balaam had an encounter. And the angel of the Lord lectured him and reminded him of his assignment. You are not to go to make a prophet. You are not to go to speak whatever you want to say. No, you are on a mission from me, the Lord, and you will keep your mouth shut and only speak what I have to say. Wow. So he shows up at the end of the, read the rest of the chapter, he shows up to Balak, and Balak says, about time, where you been? And Balaam says, I'm here now, but I can only speak the words of the Lord. And if you read the next two chapters today, you'll see that God twists the curses against Israel into God's blessing for Israel. Because God loves turning our testimonies, our stories, into his stories. I thought I'd get an amen out of that. And that's the good news, friends. That's what I want you to see today on Father's Day. Not even that a donkey talks. You can read that later. I want you to see that God works. He is your good, good Father. He is the one that puts you on his shoulders for daddy ears. I've had a lot of time to reflect over the last few months about my dad's story. It follows this model. He was baptized as a teenager. He, 
he and my mom had four kids. We were living in Reynoldsburg, Ohio, and then moved to Pickerington. He was part of a church where he would lead the Sunday school hour. He would tell dad jokes, actually, every Sunday morning. And then he would lead worship, my dad, leading worship with all of us kids in children's church and all the adults there. It was an amazing time in my life until it turned sour. And I've been transparent about my relationship with dad. When he had an affair, divorced my mom, married the woman, and they've been married ever since. And I was bitter. But God showed up. He changed my heart. He changed Dad's heart and reconciled our relationship to the point that when the day came that I called him one day and said, Dad, I've, you're not going to believe this, but I feel like God's calling Diane and I into ministry and we're talking to this church planning organization. We're talking about going to this place called Tracy. He says, I don't know about that, son. Man, that's crazy. That's just... But if, if anybody could do it, you could do it. And I know God will be with you. And he followed this ministry over the last 17 years. <laughs> Watching online now. Enjoying the midweek Bible studies recently supporting the church, but most importantly, supporting the kingdom through his son. See, God took his story, and when my dad turned it sour, he showed up and changed his story back into God's story again. And that's what he wants to do with each of you. So here's my camp lesson today. I want you to go home today and share your stories. Hopefully it's not about peeing on sleeping bags. But whatever those stories are, instead of looking at your part in the story, look at his part in the story and give him the glory for your story. A couple of Father's Days ago, my granddaughter and now grandson and grandson-in-law and my daughter and son-in-law and a few of us got together for Father's Day. And my, my granddaughter, Christiana, you probably know her, I talk about her a lot. She wanted this game called Life Stories. It's actually a game you buy. It comes with these cards. And on each card are specific questions for you to ask as a part of a family gathering or people playing the game. It's life stories you share as answers to the cards. We spent the entire night toasting marshmallows, eating s'mores, and sharing answers to these questions, and it became one of the best Father's Day celebrations I've ever been a part of. I want to challenge you, whether you have a dad with you or not, to go share some stories this week about what God's been doing in your life. Because just like we see in Numbers 22, God's got a part in your story. And he deserves the honor for it. And Jesus, today we thank you for your part in our story, just like it was in an Old Testament pagan prophet named Balaam. We'll see more about him next week, but 
Today, we just want to honor how you use everybody to connect us back to you, to bring us into your history of this life and what you're doing in the midst of us right now. Help us to celebrate those, to see your redemptive work, to see how you take messes and turn them into masterpieces. And help us to be a part of that as you do it in our lives as well. Thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. If you would like to support us as we pursue God and love people one at a time, please consider a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeycc.net slash giving.